Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and more importantly, welcome back, Giants fans, to another episode of the Say Hey Podcast, the podcast that is home to all things Giants baseball. Folks, before we dive into today's show, I would like to take a moment to let you know that you can find the Say Hey Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, then don't be afraid to subscribe. And if you really like the show, then make sure to leave a review, but most importantly, make sure to spread the word. With that being said, let's dive right in. What is going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Say Hey Podcast, episode 11 to be exact. Happy you're here. I'm your host today, James Donahue, just like I am every show, and hopefully that's not a deal breaker for you. Folks, as you're listening to today's show, you probably have some conflicting feelings considering the fact that we did win those past two games against the Seattle Mariners, but however, we did lose our five-game losing streak against the San Diego Padres for game one of that series, but don't be afraid of that, folks. Just go ahead and relax, put your feet up, let your hair down, and let's go ahead and have a good show, and that's exactly what we have for you today. So today before, or excuse me, today after I dive into news and notes around our team, I'm going to go ahead and recap that series against the Seattle Mariners, and then I'm going to recap game one that we saw last night against the San Diego Padres. After that, folks, I'm going to be diving into one of the newest players on our team. Well, he's been on our team all season, but one of the newest players to step on the field for us. That's right, Mr. Drew Smiley. I'm going to go ahead and give give you guys a breakdown of who he is as a pitcher, but also who he is as a Major League Baseball player, give a little context of his history in this league. And then I'm going to finish out the episode with a recap of the next three games against the San Diego Padres. So with that being said, let's go ahead and dive right into the news and notes around our team segment. So first off, if you haven't heard yet, you're going to hear it now. Pablo Sandoval is no longer with the San Francisco Giants. As of yesterday morning, Sandoval was DFA'd from the team and this one might sting a little bit depending on how you view the panda for me it does sting a little bit just because pablo has been part of the team for 11 years of his 13 year career which means that's 11 years of me watching giants baseball he was on the tv screen for the majority of those years not to mention he was one of the two only players left on the team that were part of all three world series teams the only one left is Mr. Buster Posey so it is a little sad but I do understand the move considering that he was only maintaining a batting average of 220 it can only accumulate 18 hits and 82 at bats while unfortunately collecting the same amount of strikeouts this was definitely not his best year and I truly wish him the best However, in place of Pablo, there is now a new player on our roster named Mr. Justin Smoke, who is a power-hitting first baseman the Giants signed after the Brewers dropped him on September 3rd. Now, over the past three years, not including this 2020 season, Smoke averaged, that's right, his last name is Smoke, averaged 28 home runs and 76 RBIs while sporting a .243 batting average during that time, so he is primarily a power hitter by all meanings of the phrase. 
He is a 33-year-old lefty who made his name in Toronto when he was on the All-Star team in 2017, which was the year he hit 38 home runs and 90 RBIs. We hope to see him bring some some of that power to the team, also a better defensive glove to the first base position when Belt needs rest days, which I truly believe he will be able to provide that since he's played the position his entire 10-year career in the majors. Other news, the Giants have officially reinstated Drew Smiley, as I stated earlier, from the injured list, which means the team had to send down Rico Garcia in order to create a roster spot. This move cannot come at a better time, in my opinion, and I will explain why later in this episode. All I'll say right now is that the Giants might have found a new secret weapon. Yes, I know I've said that before, but this time I truly mean it. The Giants have also called up the speedy utility outfielder by the name of Luis Basabi. Dibs on the nickname Wasabi, by the way. As I mentioned, what he brings most to the team is his speed and some promising hitting tools. Nothing too crazy, though, about him yet. He just adds depth at the outfield position uh, in order to give some relief for Dickerson and Ruff. All right, as of right now, that is all the news and notes that I've heard surrounding our team. So let's go ahead and dive into uh, a promising matchup against the Seattle Mariners. Let's just go ahead and recap that. If you did not see those games, I got it for you right here. In game one, Logan Webb walked away with a conflicting start. He walked four batters and gave up four runs throughout the first two innings. However, he still managed to strike out four batters in five innings. And things managed to settle down for Webb after the third inning. In terms of our relief pitching, in four innings pitch, Caleb Berger, Tyler Rogers, Jarlin Garcia, and Tony Watson all failed to give up a single run while striking out four batters. Excellent, excellent performance by our relief pitching considering that Logan Webb truly uh, did not do as well as we needed him to. All I have to say is thank God for our hitting in this game as I'm grateful for it every time. LJ Newsom, who was the starter for this game, for the Mariners that is, unfortunately took a Brandon Crawford line drive off his pitching hand, which ultimately prevented him from staying in the game, which meant that after 1.1 innings of LJ, Giants hitters faced the bullpen committee of the Seattle Mariners. The result? Well, we were able to accumulate 11 hits, and some highlights in this game were Alex Dickerson hitting a home run, Darren Ruff also hitting a home run, Solano doing what he does offensively, collecting three hits, including a double and a triple. Brandon Bell, two hits and two RBIs. Mauricio Dubon with the home run. And Sandoval, yes, RIP, Sandoval, with two hits. In game two, maybe Tyler Anderson just needed to see a different team. In episode nine, I mentioned that Anderson had faced the Arizona Diamondbacks three starts in a row, and each start became progressively more challenging. However, like his first start against the Snakes, Anderson was able to hold the Mariners to zero runs in six innings while giving up three hits and striking out four batters. That's the type of stuff we need from Anderson. That's the type of stuff I can obviously get behind. Our relief pitching wasn't miraculous, but it was definitely enough to get the job done. Trevor Gott pitched one inning of relief, and I imagine it was an attempt to build Gott's confidence back to what it was when he was our primary closer since we were winning 10-0 to zero at this point when he entered the game. There was plenty of room for error, basically. God did strike out two batters in one inning. However, he still managed to make the inning interesting when he loaded the bases up before getting three outs and still not surrendering any runs. That's very, very good for Trevor Gott. 
Rico Garcia came into the game to relieve Gott, and the outing was underwhelming but effective. In two innings pitched, Rico only gave up three hits and struck out two batters, but did manage to give up a run. But in the high, but in hindsight, the damage was minimal considering that was the only run the Mariners could produce all game. So I'm okay with that. Nick Mar Markovicius. I still don't know how to pronounce that last name. Don't really care to learn. Seemed to have the Giants offense figured out when he struck out five of the first six batters that he faced. But fortunately for us, it turns out that Markovicius, that's right, still not going to learn, might have just gotten lucky the first time through the lineup. The Giants would go on to score 10 runs on 13 hits, and seven, seven of those runs came from Margovicius last time, folks, during his 4.2 innings pitched. This was a very exciting game offensively, and some highlights that are worth mentioning are Wilmer Flores collecting two hits that were both doubles, Yaz hitting a three-run homer to start the scoring off in this game, Longoria collected two hits and three RBIs, and Joey Bart and Mauricio Dubon both collected two hits at the bottom of the order, which provided very effective overall production from everyone. Now, moving on to Game 1 against San Diego last night. We lost 6-1. to one. We were on a five-game win streak, and this was our first loss in a while. It was definitely a hard game to watch, and I came up with the perfect analogy for how I felt once the game was over. Tell me what you think. After watching this game, I felt the same way I feel after eating a burger from Wendy's. As you're chowing down on your meal, you have, you have moments where you find some savory bites. There might be some moments where you try to convince yourself that you made the right choice. But for the most part, you knew the outcome was going to be bad before you even started eating your meal. You knew that by choosing Wendy's, you were not going to receive any kind of food that was better than average. You order your food, you open up your disgusting burger, and look down to see that half-ass wrap job where you're already missing three pickles and the mustard is speared on the top of the bun somehow. In that exact moment, you knew that you had lost, thus leaving you feeling nothing but miserable defeat. A terrible, terrible defeat. That's how I felt after watching this game. Yes, there were some very important things to highlight, such as Drew Smiley coming out of the bullpen and striking out eight batters in four innings. Let me say that again. Eight batters in four innings. The man was absolutely electric. And we'll get to him in just a second. But unfortunately, I'm still eating my crappy Wendy's burger. Anyways, this performance by Smiley came after Trevor Cahill had another disappointing outing when he gave up four earned runs in three innings on five hits. And I'm not even sure I can blame this outing on his nagging injury he's been facing all season. But maybe that is the reason why he's been struggling lately. But right now, we can't be having those types of outings. Now, am I surprised at the outcome of this game? No. Like I said, when you pull up to Wendy's, you know it's going to be a bad time. Just like the lack of confidence I felt heading into this game when I saw Trevor Cahill taking the mound against arguably the best offense in baseball right now. With teams like these, our starting pitchers need to perform at somewhat of a competitive level in order to give our hitters a chance. Because when our hitters have those types of games where they can't even buy a run, then things just go from bad to worse. Yes, there were some highlights offensively when you look at Donovan Solano collecting three hits, including a double, and when you see that Wilmer Flores was able to have another two-hit game by producing a solo home run and a double. But other than that, you're very discouraged 
when you see Yaz going 0 for 4 with three strikeouts, Brandon Belt going 0 for 4 and leaving four runners on base, and Joey Bart going 0 for 3 with three strikeouts. For the most part, those were the most depressing hitting performances, and something like this cannot happen again if we want to put up a fight against these Padres. Now before I move on to the rest of the series against the Padres, I told you I was going to give you a formal introduction because that's exactly what he deserves after his amazing performance against the Padres last night. So here we go, Mr. Drew Smiley. He's a 31-year-old veteran who has been playing in the league for seven years now, so an established veteran. And a fun fact, this is something I think we will all enjoy as Giants fans, is that in 2012, we actually faced him in the 2012 World Series, and luckily he did not pitch anywhere near as well as he did last night. In only 1.2 innings pitched, he gave up one earned run on one hit and also surrendered three walks. Yeah, just a fun fact, nothing too crazy. Not important at all, but I just thought it was interesting. Another piece of information I found uh, interesting when researching the man was that in 2013, after losing the fifth starter spot to Rick Porcello when Smiley was on the Tigers, he got his first career save after pitching four perfect innings of relief and an 8-3 win over the Yankees. Sounds familiar from last night, minus the win. In his first full season as a reliever, Smiley posted a 6-0 record with two saves in 63 games with a 2.37 ERA. He managed to lead all Tigers relievers and all American League lefty relievers in innings pitch and strikeouts. So it looks like he has a lot of success as a bullpen guy. Another fun stat that I think deserves to be mentioned is that in 2014, after being traded to the Tampa Bay Devil Rays along with Willie Adamas, for David Price, Smiley went on to produce a 3-1 record with a 1.70 ERA and 7 starts for the Rays, and opponents hit 155 against him. So, he's been able to have some serious production in the big leagues. So why haven't we heard a lot about him before? Well, after being traded from the Rays to the Seattle Mariners in 2017, stay with me, this is a long introduction, Smiley would go on to needing Tommy John surgery, thus ending his first season with the Seattle Mariners without even starting a single game for them. From then on, Smiley pretty much bounced around from team to team until he finally landed with the Giants, signing a one-year deal this offseason. Now... What excites me most after watching his outing last night is his experience as a starting pitcher. It might be the most beneficial for us to keep him in the bullpen because if you can get two to four innings out of this guy as a long reliever, then that reduces the usage of our best relievers such as Tyler Rogers, Tony Watson, Jarlin Garcia, and Sam Coonrod, thus giving them more rest. This type of weapon relieves some of the pressure every one of our relievers face when the ball is handed over to them in the fifth inning when our starter has another rough outing. Something else that excites me about Smiley is that he's healthy, which is apparently hard to come by if you're a pitcher wearing a Giants uniform. In a perfect world, I would elect to bring back a healthy Jeff Samarja to replace Trevor Cahill as the fifth starter in order to give Cahill time to fully recover from his nagging, nagging injury that has clearly plagued him and bothered him this entire season. And I would keep smiling in the bullpen for the benefits I just mentioned. In my opinion, this gives us the best chance at adding depth and versatility to a bullpen and pitching staff that's looking to make a playoff run, and it ultimately prevents our offense from playing catch-up the entire game against the other offense. 
I hope I haven't lost you yet, folks, but I just couldn't help myself but brag about the type of performance Smiley put on last night. Because if watching Trevor Cahill is like eating a crappy Wendy's burger, then watching Drew Smiley is like having a five-star steak dinner. All right, on to the rest of the San Diego series. Now, game two will consist of Johnny Cueto versus Garrett Richards at 6.10 p.m. tonight. Cueto will be looking to build off of his last two quality starts against the Arizona Diamondbacks when he pitched 6.2 innings and only gave up one run and struck out six and then proceeded to pitch 5.2 innings his second start against them, only allowing two runs and striking out seven. This start against the Padres will be more challenging, obviously, because as I mentioned before, this offense is one of the best that we have ever seen this year. Some players to watch out for are Fernando Tatis Jr., who is currently the front runner for NL MVP awards. So regardless of who's on the mound, he's always someone that we we need to look out for. And the person who hits after him, Mr. Manny Machado. Tatis has never faced Cueto, but Machado is showcasing a 364 batting average against him in 11 at-bats with two home runs. Just like every game Cueto starts, in order to stay competitive, he will have to adapt to a more developed and talented lineup, and he will have to keep them off balance, which he has proven to do for the majority of the season. As for Garrett Richards, who's on the mound for the Padres, he's showcasing a 4.50 ERA and currently has a 2-2 record. In his arsenal, we will see a fastball that sits around 95 miles per hour that he has thrown 50% of the time this year, paired with a slider as his number two pitch with an occasional curveball. His last outing consisted of seven innings pitched against Oakland, where he gave up three earned runs on seven hits, but he also managed to strike out nine batters. Is he the best pitcher they have? No, not in my opinion, but that doesn't mean he isn't someone to worry about. He can do some damage at any given time. And this should be an interesting matchup since he hasn't had the most exposure to Giants hitters considering the fact that he, the, during the majority of his career, he's, was, he was playing with the Angels. Brandon Bell does have a homer against him, but only has three at-bats against him. So I'm not necessarily ready to call that type of performance ownage just yet. Brandon Crawford only has two at-bats against him, and Wilmer Flores only has one. So, like I said, not a lot of exposure, but Longoria actually has the most out of any starter in this lineup. In 14 at-bats, Longoria has only been able to accumulate three of those into base hits. Now, moving on to Game 3 and 4, which, which will be some of the best pitchers we have ever faced this entire season. In Game 3, Kevin Gosman will be facing Denilson Lamette. That's his name, Denilson Lamette, at 6.10 p.m. on Saturday. Lamette currently has an ERA of 2.24 and a record of 2-1 and, and is currently showcasing an 11.69 strikeouts per nine innings. His fastball runs anywhere from 97 to 100 miles per hour, and he has a nasty slider to go with it. During his last outing against the Rockies, he pitched seven innings without giving up a run and striking out 11 batters. In my opinion... Not only is this the Padres' best pitcher, but I also believe he is a top three pitcher in the National League. Belt also has a homer against Lamette, and Yaz and, and Solano both have two hits against him in four at-bats, but honestly, it's going to be extremely hard to predict success against this pitcher no matter who the batter is. The way the Giants get to him is by attacking him early. Lamette is dominating, but he also pounds the strike zone. 
The worst thing the Giants can do in this matchup is let themselves get deep into counts. If I'm going up against Lament, I'm ready to swing first pitch. On the mound for us is Kevin Gosman, who will be looking to work on a spectacular last outing. He pitched six innings against the Diamondbacks, only allowing one run and striking out nine batters. However, he will have his work cut out for him since nine batters that have faced him during during his career in the Padres lineup are currently sporting a team batting average of 325. Gosman's number one goal, as it was against Colorado, should be doing everything he can to keeping the ball inside the park. I've mentioned this before, but Gosman has given up eight home runs on the year, and he is about to face the team that has hit the second most home runs in all of baseball. I love watching him strike out batters, but the amount of times I've seen that ball go over the fence always makes me nervous. Game four will consist of a matchup against Logan Webb and Mike Clevenger. And just like game one yesterday, we already know what to expect just by looking at the freaking menu. I would be lying to you as your host if I said I didn't have any worries heading into this game. Logan Webb had an extremely difficult time keeping the bats of the Seattle Mariners quiet during his last outing when he gave up five earned runs in four innings. My mind can only wonder at what to expect from the offensive juggernaut he is about to face in the San Diego Padres. I would be giving Logan Webb too much of a compliment if I said this is an underdog matchup that resembles Rocky Balboa heading to Germany to face Ivan Drago. Oh no, 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 no. This matchup is more like a hot dog going up against a pit bull for his fourth meal of the day. Is a quality star from Webb in the realm of possibility? Sure! but so is Bartolo Colon hitting a freaking home run. I love my team, and I will always be their number one fan heading into every game, but sometimes I just have to be honest with you folks. Before this series started, I predicted that we would walk away with two wins, and in order for that to be true, I think our best bet would be to win these next two games when our two best pitchers are on the mound because Mike Clevenger who is the former ace of the Cleveland Indians who just got traded to the Padres during this most recent trade deadline will not be an easy matchup following the start of Danielson Lament. These matchups against the Padres are definitely going to be uphill battles but like me you should always hold on to hope heading into every game this Giants team plays because I've said it before we are an offense that needs to be watched as well and as we've seen all year anything can happen. Folks, that's going to be all for today's show. Thank you again for tuning into episode 11 of the Say Hey podcast. If you're still wondering where you can find the show, folks, then go ahead and head over to Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can also leave a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts if you feel so inclined. And the last thing I'll say, folks, is that the support is overwhelming from you listeners. I cannot express my gratitude enough. I've said it so many times, but I'm going to go ahead and say it again. Without you as listeners then there is no show. It's just me talking to myself. And if I talk to myself for this long, then I personally don't think it's healthy in my opinion. All right, folks, we have the weekend ahead of us and we have some good competitive Giants baseball ahead of us as well. Folks, I hope you all are safe. There are some crazy weather conditions going on. All I ask is that you're smart, please. Just be smart. Stay inside if you don't have to go outside. And if you do go outside, just be smart. Just use common sense, please. That's all I ask.
All right, folks, expect the next episode to come out on Tuesday. I think I'm pretty consistent with my schedule now. For the past, like, two and a half weeks, maybe three weeks, I've produced two schedules a week, or excuse me, two episodes a week, and they've all come out on Tuesdays and Fridays. So that's pretty much going to be the schedule that I'm sticking to. So like I said, next episode coming out this next upcoming Tuesday. All right, folks, I'll see you later. Have a good weekend, but most importantly, go Giants.